They like measured responses to their protocol. And so they would talk these patients that were uh, deemed to be free, healed, delivered. They would talk in them into continuing the regimen of treatment. And uh, actually, I've seen it, this is firsthand, burned out the bone marrow of leukemia. They said there is no cancer, there is no leukemia in this man. But we don't know what it, where it's hiding or what it's doing. It can't be, as you say, that prayer did it. And so they continued to minister these experimental, high, uh, powerful drugs and burned out the bone marrow, which is the source of all of blood. And uh, this is my opinion. And, uh, and eventually, you, you have to get transfusions if you're not making blood. And eventually, that fails and you, and you die. The Lord healed, but then you die of not being able to receive the gift of healing. You go, well, the doctors insisted. Ah, you know, they can't get to you if you don't show up. You just stay home. Nine o'clock appointment. It's 9.30. Ain't going. <laughs> but you got to have some stuff in you, don't you? you got to have a confidence. You, you're, you're, you're messing with your life, and these are professionals. So it's, it's critical. And even if you can pass the test and just stand and having done all the stand and say, I'm not going and whatever. What about it if it's your wife or your husband or your child? You got to have some more stuff to stand for somebody else. To measure the kingdom. We've got to be able to measure the kingdom. And uh, the church has not had any way to measure the kingdom. We've simply used whatever the world said and said, well, that's, that's how they measure it. They're, they say it's sick. They say it's this, that, and the other, and we'll just measure it with them. And we become very carnal by becoming very medical. Now, notwithstanding, I will say, when you get a diagnosis and you don't have faith to get out of it, sometimes you got to go medical. you got to get on the bridge. Because you, you, you can't cross the river with your present faith level, your present understanding of confidence. And even if you can, sometimes your wife or your husband We'll talk you out of it. They just can't bear it. So you have to get on the bridge. But the key is, the key is, is once you get on the bridge, and you get symptoms off and you get the protocol ministered to, then don't go back to the bridge. Get off the bridge. Get in faith. Get strong and say, I did it to save my life. Thank God for the doctor. But I'm getting off this bridge. I'm getting off this plan. I'm getting off. I'm strong now. I'm not going to go back. Now that I got better, I'm not going to go back to that system. This is the way the kingdom works, y'all. And you can ignore it or dispute it or argue with you. It doesn't matter. It's how it works. The word is in charge. Amen. So turn in your Bible with me, if you would, to the book of Philippians. We are working in a series that I think is very powerful called Be a Finisher. Point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, be a finisher. It's very important that we finish, you know, if you even in the natural with a race or any kind of uh, project that you're doing, that there is no glory in starting. The glory is in the finish. All the glory is in the finish. They don't want to know what it took for you to get enrolled at the school and, and the strings you had to pull and the studying you had to do and the, and the sacrifice you had to make. They just want to know, did you get your degree? It took me 19 years to get my bachelor's degree. Not because I was slow. It was because I took a long period out. I quit school to go to farming, and then from there I went into the ministry. And then one day I got a letter from a school, 
in New Mexico and said, if you will come and attend our school, we will pay your way. All you have to do is pay for your books. And my mother-in-law said, I'll pay for your books. So all I had to do was show up, but it was, you know, it was 18 years after I'd started school and I finished the next year. It was not hard for someone that was 39 years old to finish school. It's just hard when you're 18 because of the distractions for 18-year-olds. Hallelujah. So it says here in Philippians chapter 1, something that's powerful. Read it with me. Verse 6, ready, read. Being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He will perform it. He who started in you will finish in you. He doesn't forget it. He doesn't say, you know, times have changed. Things are different. Uh, the kingdom moved away that I wasn't expecting. No, that's not how God thinks. He looked way ahead and said, this is how we're going to get you through it. This is how it's going to be for your life. The very best I've got, I'm going to start a work in you and I will finish it. Now, obviously, and this is what we said, is if he didn't start something, no matter how noble and good, how fun and exciting it is to you, if he didn't start it, he is not going to finish it. You are on your own. I'm on my own for everything I start. So if I want him to help and you go, well, I don't need his help. Yeah, you don't need his help to start. It's easy to start anything. It's easy to get married. It's hard to stay married. It's easy to make a baby. It's difficult to raise a child. It's easy to, uh, to do a lot of things to start them, but the challenge is staying until you finish. So everybody starts stuff without God. It's a good idea. I, I, way good. But then when you get out in the middle of the lake, then it's not so good. <laughs> you go, what am I doing here? Well, Lord, help me. Help me. Well, he, if he didn't start it, you're on your own. you got to fish or cut bait. you got to get out or get in in the middle of the lake. And I've had to just cut things loose. And I could tell you about that, but you, most of you know it. So Jesus is a finisher. The Lord Jesus himself built his life, his ministry on the earth as a finisher. He had many temptations to not finish. Nobody was for him. Even the disciples said, we are heading out. And they finally said they would stay. But a bunch of them, when he said, you'll have to eat my body and drink my blood... They left in record crowds that day. They didn't want to go forward. They didn't want to finish. You here this morning and many Christians across the world, they, you're still in the saddle, so to speak. You're still riding it out because he started something in you, and you know he started with the intent to finish. So point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, be a finisher. Don't be a quitter. Go all the way. That's exactly how it is. So let's go. Let's look at some examples of this. And that'd be in Mark chapter 4. We looked at this last week, but let's just go over it because it says it so well. You need this word this morning. You need this word to keep yourself from unhooking, from flying off, from, from disconnecting. From, there's times of discouragement where the devil brings uh, a disappointment in your life and you go, well, if that's the way it is, I'm just going to chunk it all. Everybody's been through that. There's nobody here that has said, it's always been good for me. Bright, shiny days every day. Liar, liar, pants on fire. It's never been that way for all of us. We've all had to stick, and we've all regretted at some time not sticking. 
letting go and then saying, you know, I don't need this, Lord. I've got plenty in my life to fool with. This is hard. I don't like it. I'm, I'm done. Sometimes it's done with church. Sometimes it's done with the Bible. Sometimes it's done with God where people just walk away. And uh, you, you hear testimonies where the Lord intervenes, where, where people say, God, I'm gonna put, I've got a gun and I'm going to end it all right here. If you don't show up in the next 10 minutes, I'm gone. And the phone rings and it's, it's the answer to their whole life. He's interested in being a finisher in our life. But we've all had the temptation to bail. I told Deborah Ann, I said, the main attribute in my life is not that I'm articulate, not that I'm innovative, not that I'm a, a good speaker. I'm none of those things. It's not that I'm tall, dark, and handsome. It's not that I'm eloquent in any way. There's just so many things that disqualify me from being what I'm doing. But what does qualify me, what keeps me in the saddle with God, is that I am a finisher. I don't let go. I'm loyal to people, and I finish what I start by and large. So you can qualify yourself for your weaknesses with God by just taking some things that are anybody could do, just be a finisher. Just finish what he put in you to start, and he will, he will take you the distance, but you have to put some things out of your head. Like, this is hard. Well, becoming a doctor is hard. You got to get your, you got to get your high school. You got to get your bachelor's. You got to get your master's. You got to, it's hard to be a doctor. I mean, a doctor like uh, a literary doctor like uh, Barry and Melissa are, or a, a medical doctor or a lawyer, all that stuff. It's a, it's a level of expertise that's denoted by the word doctor. But there's plenty of places and ways to quit along the way. Lots of ways. And anything that you and I are doing, having children is very challenging. Someone said the other day, said, I'm going to wait till I can afford them. <laughs> That's a joke. You know, that, you know, the joke that says, you want to hear a joke? Uh, decaf. <laughs> That's a good joke. Decaf. I've stayed up all night laughing at that one. <laughs> and yeah, hallelujah. So uh, life is not easy, but faith will get you through it. People say, I don't like that faith stuff. It's hard. Oh, you hadn't seen hard. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Faith is not hard. But there is a learning curve. There is a trust curve. There is a staying in it curve. And that's my main attribute. Anybody could do what I do. Anybody could do what I do. Because I am not gifted in any appreciable way except that I stay. I just stay. I just, you can't blow me off. I finish. It doesn't matter if it's my one and only life, just doing this or just doing that. That's my part. I'm the little toe on the left foot uh, or whatever. I just, I'm content with who he's made me, what he's called me to do, and I'm, I'm going the distance. The moment he says, let's reload and make the turn, I'm in. I'm not stubborn. I'm not uh, 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 in that way where you just can't change, but I'm a finisher. And you would do well to take whatever abilities and callings you have and be a finisher. Be, be mindful, though, to screen everything you're in and make sure he started it. If he didn't start it, you're on your own. Oh, my, that's terrible. He who begun a good work in you, in me, will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. That means till the end, till it's finished. And the Lord Jesus, when he hung on the cross, he said, it was amazing. It was tough. It was uh, challenging, but it is finished. I did the job. 
It took everything, but it'll take everything for you. He's not calling you to hang on a cross. He's not calling you to die and shed your blood. He's not calling any of us to be uh, messianic in that sense. But it's the same thing when you have to give up your reputation, when you have to uh, uh, live a different life than your family expects or wants. In order to be a finisher, there's lots of sacrifices. Even though you don't give up your physical life, you have to give up a reputation. You have to give up uh, your, your uh, associations and relationships because they don't want to go with what, you, what you're doing. They don't want to hang out with someone that's got the kind of uh, mission that you and I have. And so you'll have to die to those things. You'll have to just say, sayonara, adios, goodbye. I wish you could stay with me, but if you can't. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35, we see this. It says, in the same day when the even was come, he, the Lord Jesus, saith unto them, let us pass over unto the other side. And we've looked at this word Passover and how different it is in the original Greek than it is in the English. The word in the Greek means, and that's what's important, let us pierce through. Let us pierce through. And the word other side is a little bit uh, uh, confusing too. It does mean the other side, but what it actually means is to go beyond. To go beyond. So there might not be literally a lake with another side or a, a destination over there. It means to go beyond where you've ever gone. Let's pierce through. There's a piercing through. There's not a sashaying, let's get in the canoe and let's just, let's just paddle over there in our rowboat or what, our little whatever. Go over there, touch the beach, and then come back. There's a piercing through. There's an obstacle. There's an impediment. There's a challenge for you ever doing what the Lord has called you to do. There is an impasse. There is a demonic, a devilish, a curse-filled world. There is the emotions uh, that we all harbor, that we all are uh, privy to, that would keep us doing finishing up, following through, and piercing through. And you have a resistance that you got to get past. you gotta, you got to stand fast to be married. When you get married... It's like, oh, this is a great day. We'll never have a bad day. It is just sweet time and kisses, hugs and kisses, and oh, it's so wonderful. We'll have 16 babies, and we'll live happily after. Well, you could have that and live happily ever after, but you're going to have to pierce through. You're going to have to, all hell is going to try to break forth on you, and it's not going to be hugs and kisses. It's going to be war. I'm not prophesying it. I'm just saying there is challenges at every good thing to keep and maintain that. And sometimes it gets us. Sometimes it gets us with our finances, uh, bringing the tithe. There's a challenge to tithing. Ah, we got plenty of money. Give, give the man 10%. Throw that in. All right. Ah, uh, but that's not every day. And so you got you to lock down to pierce through. And once you pierce through, it's clean sailing. Am I telling it? It's clear sailing for a while. Once you pierce through, but it was old Billy getting through. So uh, the, the Lord Jesus said, he said to him, uh, get in the boat and pass over or pierce through beyond. Go somewhere that's not here. We all like it here because we've acclimated, we've got this thing where we can handle it and our habits are formed and we're comfortable with it, but that's the Lord never keeps you where you are. If there's anything that's unchanging in the kingdom is that it never, it never ceases to change. It's always changing. That's the one thing that is the steady, is that it's always unsteady.
Amen? So uh, let us pierce through to go to somewhere beyond where we are. Um, he says in verse 40, we're going down there because it, it talks about there. In verse 37, it talks about a great storm of wind, and it beat into the ship. And uh, he's, he's there, and he's, ta- he's taken no anxious thought about it, just like he told them. And in verse 39, he rebukes the wind and into the sea and says, Peace be still, and the wind ceased. There was a great calm. So once you pierce through, once you get the answer, it's clear sailing again. That's where we're talking about the bridge. Once you get pierced through, don't just say, Ha, well, we'll never have another trouble again. Well, that's as foolish as starting out to begin with saying we'll never have a trouble. There'll be another piercing through because there's levels and there's doors and there's rooms. And every time you go into room, there's going to be more doors. So you walk through a door. It takes faith to go through a door in the kingdom to take another step to grow in God. And you go through that door. Well, there's another door in there. You never arrive in the sense of this earth of just saying, you know, I've arrived. I heard a, a deacon one time in the church I grew up in and said, uh, I, a deacon, he was an usher. He said, I don't want to usher anymore. I don't want to be here every service, every Sunday. Let these young bucks take the offering. Well, he was mistaking that taking the offering was his job. That wasn't his job. That's just what he was doing as he was doing his job, which was being a godly Christian man in an atmosphere that needed a godly Christian man to stay steady and be there week in and week out. Pushing the plate around was, gosh, anybody can do that. But it was to do it with dignity, with honor, with reverence, all the things that were involved. But he mistook the mechanics of it for the calling. Well, you and I could do that. We could actually say, well, you know, this... They, they didn't have church without me, or I, I know the Bible. I've read the Bible several times. I don't need to read the Bible again. I, I got it down basically. Oh, you'd mistake that. Faith cometh by hearing. Hearing, not having heard. So when, when they heard go to the other side, there was power in those words to get to the other side. But they expected it to be from here to there. But it was from here to the obstacle, then from there on. Lots of people sink their boat at the, at the obstacle, or they turn around. We all do. I said we all have. I should say we all have. Have we not? Haven't we all said, I don't need this. This isn't a good time for that. Well, it's never a good time to grow in faith. It's never a good time to win. It's always unhandy. That's what makes winning so challenging is because it's never handy. I believe I'll come back and do this another day. Well, you won't feel better. You won't be more powerful. You won't be easier to pierce through another day. You can't grow and you can't go until you pierce through because the growing is on the other side of the piercing through. Once you have a victory, you'll see, well, that wasn't hard. I expected this and that and terrible things. But all you have to do is just stand on the word, take hold, and outlast the trouble. You will outlast the trouble. Uh, Corinthians tells us that, uh, that the things that are seen are temporary. So if you can see a storm or whatever, storms never last on a lake for 16 days. That squall that came through here Saturday, Friday, whenever it was, it was a boogie. I've never turned my wipers on all the way and t- pulled down to 30 miles an hour and couldn't see the stripe. I've never had it that. But you know, by the time I got to Captain D's, it was over. I had me a great deal. Had the three-piece dinner. Hallelujah. <laughs> there was no troubles. <laughs> Amen. So you just got outlasted, though. But if you jump and run, 
you got to come back another day to pierce through, to get to the other side. You will have to pierce through to get to the other side. So you just will take the hit now and just say, I don't like this. It doesn't feel good. I'm not ready for this. I don't want this. Uh, this isn't handy. And just pierce through. It, you will outlast it. Perseverance always outlasts persecution. Hallelujah. So uh, uh, he said here in verse 30 uh, and 40, he said, why are you so fearful? Look, look, how is it you have no faith? Did you know the two are tied together? Fear is simply a lack of faith. Can you fix fear? Get in faith. He goes on there and he said, uh, and they feared exceedingly. Why'd they ex fear exceedingly? Because they had no faith. What was, how does faith come? It comes by hearing the word. In this case, the word came from the Lord Jesus himself. Go to the other side. There was power to go to the other side. And if he starts something in you, if he begins a good work in you, there's power to finish the good work. There's, there's power to finish. Well, I thought it'd be easy. I thought if he said we were going to do this and this was what he wanted me to do, it'd be easy. But this isn't easy. Ah, faith. Faith is not of the head. It's of the spirit, of the heart. So you got the transition. Well, we like to live out of the head. There's a comfort in our head. There's a, a, uh, an experience in, in the habit of it, in the knowing of it. But down here, this is, this is a realm that uh, to access it, you got to get out of your head. You have to click off your senses because we walk by faith, not by sight, which is senses. The word is senses. So you, nobody wants that. Nobody wants to turn off all the lights and all the sounds and all the, the senses, we, the memories of how it went last time. We want to have something that we can hold on to, a little rail and a rope to lead us through. But this is what you get when you go through with faith. This is what you get. He said, you can do it. You always triumph in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Speak to the mountain. Say to the mountain, get out of here. That's, that's real, that sounds good. But how's that going to get me through? You're going to outlast the trouble. You're going to go to the other side. The blessing is on the other side. And as soon as you get there, you know what he's going to do. He's going to say, I'm glad y'all made it. Let's load up and go to another side. <laughs> Amen. Mark chapter 10. We looked at this, but let's look at Mark chapter 10. What we call, it's not in there, but we call it the rich young ruler. In verse 17, we see a man that didn't finish. See, these guys in the boat didn't finish. They had the Lord Jesus finished for them, but they didn't finish. Did y'all see that? They did not finish. And here the rich young ruler in verse 17, when he had gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled to him and asked him, saying, good master, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? Now, this is very boastful and prideful because he, he thought he already knew. He just wanted to be acknowledged. Pick me, pick me, Lord. Point to me and say, there's a man that knows some stuff. And Jesus said, why callest me good? There is none good but one that is God. Thou knowest the commandments, and he went through some ten commandments. And he answered and said to him, verse 20, Master, all these things I observed from my youth. 
That was pretty bodacious, would you say? Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him. So good is coming after Jesus beholds you and loves you. And whenever you open the word of God, he is beholding you and loving you. Nothing bad's going to happen when he says, pay attention to me. He's not fixing to whoop you or kick you out or send you down the road or, or uh, put sickness on you to teach you something. He's going to love you by loving you with the word. The word. Well, I don't like to go to church because, you know, it seems like the pastor always beats up on me. That's loving. <laughs> no man loveth his son that he does not chasten his son. He loves us with the word, not with sickness, not with trouble, not with uh, denying us things. He loves us with the word. Y'all say amen. Okay. And so here we have Jesus loving him. And he said to him, he's loving him. He said, uh, one thing thou lackest, as he said it in love. And then he explained, go thy way, sell all you have, whatsoever thou hast. Give to the poor. And thou wilt have treasure in heaven. That sounds like love. Are y'all here? And come, take up the cross and follow me. Jesus said these things in love. It wasn't like, I am tired of rich young rulers. I am just had my fill of y'all, and I am fixing to bust y'all out of here. No, he said, come, get the good life. I'm loving you. I've got the very best of heaven for you. But the man misinterpreted. He didn't have a framework. Listen, he didn't have a framework for understanding. And what we're doing here in River Church is we're building a framework for understanding so that we don't fly off the handle when the Lord gives us a word that says adjust here, change there, uh, get this going. Teaching on the tithe and offering is it mean. It's not even a matter of it's not even a measure of getting money for the church. River Church is supplied. Are you supplied? Well, what if, you, what if your boss cut off your check? Or what if he says, We're gonna, we, we, we don't need to pay you as much. We're going to cut. Whatever he did. The Bible says in uh, Genesis chapter 31 of Jacob working for his father-in-law Laban for seven years for the hand of Rachel. The Bible says that Laban changed his wages ten times. How did he do that? Well, jo Jacob uh, was keeping the sheep for his father-in-law. And part of the flock, as it was birthed, became his, and so uh, uh, Laban said, well, you can have the, the, the spotted ones. Well, suddenly everything, everything came up spotted. So they all went to Jacob. So Laban said, that's not going to work. I'm getting shut, cut short here. So he said, the ring-straked ones, everything that's ring-straked, there's no ring-straked out there coming out, so we'll change it. All of a sudden, every little mama had a ring-straked baby. They so whatever, ten times. He went ten times. And God did not allow it to hurt Jacob. He prospered with whatever the system sent him. And the lesson here, y'all, is, is if God takes, if, if, if something happens at your job, don't panic, go to the Word. God will not allow it to hurt you. So we're tithing and we're connecting to God. It's like an insurance policy, if you can be so natural or carnal, to say, well, I'm tithing. It's not insurance, but you're connecting to him by giving him of yours. So the covenant's enforced. Whatever I have is his and whatever he has is mine. So if the job says we're, we're going to we're cutting back or we're going to you're working for the government, you're part of that group that's not getting anything. It just means it's coming another way. Say another way. Another way. 
Ah, come on. Another way we should never fear. Besides, when you have less money, when they threaten you and say it's not going to be, it doesn't mean you have less money. It just means they're not going to be the supplier. But that might or might not be true. Sometimes, and I'm off the subject way big, but, but it's the best thing. You get cut loose from that old bad dog, and someone comes over and says, wow, you're available? Can I hire you for double what he was paying you? You go, well, that'll never happen. Well, <laughs> might not with you. But if you say, oh, praise God, I'm going to take a week off and go to the beach and, and uh, get some sunburns and, and, uh, and uh, drink some coconuts and just... Uh, and come back and prosper and be in health, even as my soul prospers. It's all attitude. You have what you expect. And whatever you talk about, let's just get this in. Whatever you talk about gets bigger in your life. So if you talk about, oh, no, my goodness, the sky is falling and, and we're all going under, that's getting bigger. <laughs> it pumps up. But if you talk about, ah, my God supplies all my need, opens the windows of heaven for me, didn't say in the good good job climate, opens the windows of heaven for me, and pours out, pours out, pours out. What about that? Where are we when trouble comes and we don't remember that? We've got to go to the other side. And I'm called, you're called, we're called to go to the other side. We're all in different avenues during the week, and you've got different children, and you've got different jobs, and you've got you know, married and unmarried, and all that we're going on, but the whole thing of it is, is we're all called to go to the individual and corporate other side. River Church is called to go to the other side. Y'all know we could have quit a long time ago. And nobody would say, you know, I don't understand why they quit. Everybody would go, well, yeah. Well, yeah. Duh. But that's not what we do. He said, go to the other side. Well, we've hit a little rough spot in the middle of the lake. A little, a little patch there where it didn't seem like we thought it would. Well, what's that got to do with it? You can't be who he called you to be. You can't take on what he's called you to take on until you pierce through. I need a resume, and you just unfold your resume. Went through the storm in this lake, went through the storm in that lake. I went through, oh, there was some Gadarene demoniac on the other side of this lake, but ah, we pay no attention to that. And the pigs went down the hill. Ah. And you just, you just start showing the Lord, faithful over little, I'm your guy. I'm your girl. You need somebody, I can do it. I pierce through every lake, every obstacle to get across. Do y'all see this? Well, it's, it's big and it hurts and I don't feel right and it's not like it always is. That's right. Growing is painful because it's a challenge. Uh, in John, so, so here we have the, uh, the, the rich young ruler, this Jew man that had kept all the law according to his words. Since his youth, he never went to the other side. Pitiful, isn't it? To be so educated and so bountifully wealthy and then ask the right question and couldn't pull the trigger. Couldn't pull the trigger. Could not get the bullet out of the gun. Well, turn with me to John chapter 20. We'll just spend a moment here because we're going to talk about Thomas. How many of y'all know that Thomas? Y'all read the end of that story. Thomas didn't get to the other side either. Y'all know that? Uh, John chapter 20, verse uh, 19. Jesus, the Lord, this is the end of John. You can tell. This is the last uh, chapter 21, is the last chapter. So it's winding up. He's been uh, crucified. He's been raised from the dead. And in verse uh, uh, 
Let's see. What, what, where can we go here? Verse 24, Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said unto him, Thomas, we have seen the Lord. But he said unto them. Now, what you say when somebody tells you the testimony of goodness, like even Deborah Ann this morning reading two testimonies like she does every Sunday, and then you go, well, I had that same condition she read about, but it didn't work out that way for me. You know, that's a wrong attitude. That's a wrong perspective. You're not going to, it's never going to be better for you there. You're not on the path that wins. And, and Thomas said, uh, but he said to them, except I see his hands, in his hands, the print of the nails, put my finger in the print of the uh, nails and thrust my hand in his side. I will not believe. Don't be a Thomas. Now, the Lord told me this this week while I was uh, meditating some things. He said, uh, the kingdom happens faster when you're easily persuaded to believe. I told you last Sunday that my life, I have a great life. I've always had a great life. You can point to things that you can say, well, what about this and what about that? It's not that I hadn't had bad things happen to me. It's that I won despite every one of them. I pierced through every one of them. And I'm not bragging on me. I'm just telling you this is how it works. If the preacher's not living the Word, why should he be able to preach to anybody? Well, I've had so many good things happen to me, and my life has always been so full. I've always, I've always won. I have never, ever, that I, Lord correct me, but that I've never been on the downside of a situation where I got whipped. Now, I've been hanging on by a thread until I could swing back around like Tarzan and get back in the trees. But uh, I've always won. And I, anybody could say that, but I'm, there's lots of troubles out there where people had a path, but they didn't see the path, and so they didn't get the path. There's a path to win every time, every single time. So he told me this week, he said, those that are easily persuaded to believe, move faster. You can see here that Thomas is throwing a big delay into his life. He's disconnecting from the Lord Jesus, the very source of life. When you don't believe something that's seemingly unrelated, something that doesn't matter, if you just say, I don't believe that about anything, you set yourself up to not believe other things. I'm easily persuaded to believe. You go, well, that'll get you in trouble. You'll just swallow any old thing. Maybe. But in my experience... He always guides and steers. Once you say, I believe, once you say, I'm in, once you say, I'm, throw me, Lord, throw me, I lift my hand, choose me, pick me, there's a protection. There's a, there is a bubble that comes around you that he just takes you from where you are and puts you over there where you, where you need to go. You just go fast. I've always gone fast. You need to go fast. Well, how do we go fast? There are so many opportunities the Lord has for every one of you. There's a path. There's a, a line of, of, uh, of, uh, of moving from where you are to where he wants you to be. And the way to get there is to believe. Be a believer. It's not that you just like, well, I, I don't believe two and two is four. It might be 4.2 or something like that. Well, that's crazy stuff. People are always arguing over stuff that doesn't matter. The Bible says don't debate. And I've had bad doctrine before, not bad doctrine, but doctrine that, was, that I've adjusted. Have you all ever adjusted your doctrine? Well, yeah, but it never kept the Lord from helping and, 
and moving me along, my, my doctrine. He just, you know, helped me with my doctrine. And so, uh, the kingdom happens faster when you're easily persuaded to believe. So straighten up. Straighten up. Approach things with a positive or an open heart and just say, you know, Lord, you're in charge of my life because I've let you be and I've yielded to that. So I'm going to just say when things happen, I'm going to give you the benefit. Instead of analyzing and reasoning, which is not what we're good at, thinking is not our forte. None of y'all have the, the, the IQ of, of, of Einstein or anything. None of us are that. We're, we're, all, we're all average or better than average, just in the natural sense. But where we excel is believing. When the Lord throws something at us and opens a little door, opens a little venue, and, and, and takes us into a little room, that we get excited. Woo-hoo! Good is in my path. Things are opening up for me. Well, it doesn't look like anything's opening, but you just know when the Lord's moving, whenever, the, whenever things are moving and you're in faith, it's always up. When you're in faith and anything moves, I love activity. I love for things to move because when anything moves and you're in faith, it's always increase. It's always promotion. It's always a better place. I don't like it when nothing's happening because you can't have promotion increase unless... Things are changing. If you could, you'd have it right where you are. It's got you got to change. You got to move. So you got to get into a room where there's increase in that room. And to qualify to get in that room, you got to be faithful over where you are. You got to say, I know there's a storm here. I know this is not looking good. I know he said go the other side and it's not working out. And I know there's power in his words, but I just don't want to. It's a lot of trouble and it's scary and it's it's not comfortable. Hello. That's all of us. You're not unique. You're not special. In that sense, it's, it's all scary for us. But we get in faith. We get in faith Sunday to Sunday, Wednesday to Wednesday, Tuesday, Thursday. We get in faith every day. We get up and read our Matthew 20 today. And then from there, we pray in tongues as long as we can. We just pray in tongues. We pray out the plan. Since we're already there in the Scriptures, we just pray out a little bit. And then we get up and load our lunch and go to work or whatever. There's a plan and though it doesn't seem like it's much at the moment, it always shows up. Nothing in vain. Isn't that good? So, uh, so Thomas was unprepared to go to the other side. He couldn't go with the Lord Jesus. The door opens and you don't expect it. You have to be ready every day. In my book I wrote, I said it, one of the chapters is, is you ready, ready? You got to get, you got to be ready because Every day is the day where the door opens, and you have to respond in the moment. Faith has to speak right then. You know Thomas regretted it later, saying, oh, what a ding-ding I was. Why did I say, if I don't see this and don't touch that? He's just being a smarty butt. You know, just like, well, I'm somebody important. I'm not Peter, and I'm not John, I'm not James, but I want to be someone important. No, go to the back of the line. You, can't, you didn't go to the other side. We may never get back to you. Did you ever read about Thomas after that? He was, he gone. <laughs> he gone. I don't want to be he gone. Amen. 2 Timothy 4, 7 says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. Not the course. I have finished my course. 
I have kept the faith. Now, we could talk about this all day and tomorrow, but you can, you can read. You can figure that out. You've got to put faith in. You've got to put the Word in. You've got to hear and hear the Word, and faith just percolates. It just starts rising up. It's just bubbly like a good, a good fizzy Coke. It just starts bubbling a little bit. You shake it a little bit, and wow, here it comes. Faith comes up, and then the door opens, and you just walk through. You walk through. That's why things happen good for me, and they happen fast, is because I'm at the door. I'm at the door, and I'm ready. Every day I get up like, whoo-hoo, today's a good day. It could happen today, and if it doesn't happen today, things are going to fall in place so it can happen tomorrow. I got my expector on. I got my, you know, I've got some things from God about, I'm going to do some fun things through you, and you're going to enjoy them all the way. Have I had some challenges? Let me tell you, I've had some challenges, and most of them have been in the church. I'm tougher. I'm tougher for it. And so are you for having stayed and worked with this. So he says, I fought the good fight. I have uh, finished my course. So point to yourself with me and say, hey, you, finish your course. <laughs> That's it. Be a finisher. Be a finisher. Well, um, Matthew chapter 7. i got to move it along here if we're going to get this. Matthew chapter 7. This is just fun to talk about. It's fun to hear. Finish my course. Because the devil's never telling you to finish. He's telling you you are finished. Yes. He's telling you you're too old, you're too weak, you, you, uh, you, know, you don't see well anymore, you weigh too much, you, you talk too much, you're too loud, nobody wants to... Yeah, he, do you all know these verses I'm telling you that he always quotes you? Hallelujah. None of them are in the Bible. Uh, chapter 7, verse 24. Therefore, whoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them... I will liken him. He's just like a, a wise man who built his house upon a rock and the rain descended. That's the storm. That's the storm. There's a storm. There's a challenge you got to pierce through. Everybody, if you want to get to the other side, has to pierce through. And the rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and beat upon that calling, that command, that house. And it fell not, for it was founded upon a rock. We stayed. We stayed in the boat. We kept the sail up. We're going to the other side. And everyone that heareth these things of mine, doeth them not. The same storm's going to come, and it's going to fail. So, there is a hall of unfinished faith. you got to finish your faith. you got to finish it. Well, I'm old now. <laughs> I was never mad at the Lord in my whole life except that when I turned 26 and had just got the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And in my little 26-year-old mind, I thought my life was, I was mid, mid, middle age. I was like, I'm just almost done here. Why does anybody think that? I thought all these Assembly of God, these Church of God boys, they've had the Holy Ghost since they were seven, and they've been speaking in tongues all these years, and here I am just practically through with life, just middle-aged. And I'm just now getting it. I was like, Lord, this is not right. And he spoke back to me. One of the few times he's spoken so clearly, he said, I will catch you up. That's what he did. I got caught up. You can catch up. Doesn't matter where you are when, he, when you connect with your calling. 
He just goes another way. I got a plan J. I got a plan R. We got plan ZZ. We, we got a plan for everybody that says, I'm through with my life. I'm through running it. I'm through uh, navigating it. I'm through saying no. I'm through saying, except I see and feel and do or have enough money. When he called me into the ministry, you know what we said? We said, yes, Lord, we will, but we want an RV. We'll go into the ministry if you'll give us an RV. <laughs> it's the funniest thing I can think of. <laughs> <laughs> like the Lord's going to say, oh, yeah, I got RVs for you if you'll go into the ministry. <laughs> that was my condition. I wanted a little camping trailer. Hallelujah. But in the Old Testament, you know, we have unfinished faith in Esau. Y'all remember Esau sold his birthright, the firstborn, from his father Jacob, two sons, Jacob and Esau. Esau's got it. But he sold his birthright for a bowl of soup. Porridge, pottage, whatever you call it. Failed and unfinished faith. We have the 11 sons of Jacob. You remember them? They sold the son, Joseph, into prison. Then they sold him into Egypt and Potiphar. Y'all remember this? And they all went through the big famine and had to come back to Egypt. And who was greeting them? It was the son, Joseph, who was second in command of all the kingdom. 11 sons, 11 brothers that had unfinished faith. Sad. Uh, Korah. I want to read this one. Y'all remember about Moses and Korah? This, this is a fun story. It's in Numbers 26. It says, This is Dathan and Abram, which were famous in the congregation. Can y'all see those two boys in the congregation somewhere, some church? We're big businessmen, whatever. Everybody listens to us. Who strove against Moses and against Aaron in the company of Korah. When they strove against the Lord and the earth opened her mouth and swallowed them up together with Korah. When the company died, what time the fire devoured 250 men and they became a sign. That's just a couple of verses. And yet it's like, don't mess with Moses. Don't mess with God's stuff. Don't mess with his order. Do y'all see it? 250 boys sitting there saying, nan, nanny, new, new, we'll do. You're not the boss of me. And all of a sudden, there's a groan, and everybody's looking around, and all of a sudden, they're just... <laughs> everybody's like, we'll serve God. <laughs> I sing in the choir. I'll give double. <laughs> I'll go so winning. Yes, Pastor, I'll go. Prayer, I'll be there. <laughs> oh, it's, it's great. Hallelujah. So that was unfinished faith. Those boys uh, definitely have about Saul and Goliath. Y'all remember the story? Saul was a nanny nu nu. He was... He was he was not going to do it, and little David came along and did it. But Saul had unfinished faith. It's written in the Bible. If you don't finish your faith, you're going to get written up about. Uh, how about the ten spies? No explanation needed there. Unfinished faith. How about Naaman? Y'all remember Naaman? Naaman uh, was, uh, had leprosy, and uh, the prophet came and said, uh, if you go down to, to uh, what was it, the river, the Jordan, I guess, and wash, you'll be clean. He said, I don't go to the Jordan. I go to the Potiphar Island. I go to these clean rivers. He wouldn't go. And his, his servant, Gehazi, came to him and said, Master, it's just a little wash job. If, if, if he'd ask you to do something hard, would you not do it? Why don't you go do this? So he had almost failed unfinished faith. But at the last minute, he looped around and washed and became clean of that. In the New Testament, we have Ananias and Sapphira. You go, they were bad people. No, they were good people. 
They were they qualified for everything, but at the last minute, they said, while we're in the room and nobody's looking, let's snatch a few things and take it and put it in our pile. And the Lord said, no, that's not how we're going to do it. Uh, uh, how about the doctors of the law in the house where healing, the power to heal was present? That's in, uh, that's in uh, uh, Luke 5. It says, uh, uh, the power of the Lord was present to heal them. And the scribes and Pharisees began to reason, saying, who is this which speaketh blasphemies? God alone. Uh, who can forgive sins but God alone? They could all got healed. But they were like, we're the ones that determine stuff. And they had unfinished faith. Now, if we go into Hebrews, and we won't because we're out of time, but we, we go in there and we find out in Hebrews 11, all the people that finished their faith. It talks about Abraham. It talks about Moses. Moses is real notable because it says that even though he was Pharaoh's son, he did not partake of the pleasures of the king. He identified with God and with God's people. So uh, uh, there, was, uh, there was the disciples that did not walk on the water. Would you say those, those were boys that didn't finish their faith? I'd say everybody was supposed to be on, out of the boat. Uh, how about the hometown of Jesus that said, who is this? We know this boy. This isn't, this isn't good. How about Judas? Y'all think he failed in? He was one of the twelve. Definitely. Pilate, he was a cannibal. His wife was a believer. Uh, how about the 380 of the 500 that were told that were not in the upper room? We always talk about the 120, but he showed himself to 500. So 380 said, you know, I've got a ball game. I really want to, I got good tickets. I'm down there on the, on the, on the line. Um, faith is a decision. It's not a feeling. If you wait for feelings, oh, this storm is really unhandy. Yeah, it always is. That's why it was crafted by the devil, to be unhandy. To catch The Bible says of the devil that uh, after the three temptations of the Lord Jesus in the wilderness, it said he left him to come back at a more opportune time. Every time you and I get caught with the devil, with the devil's, it's the least opportune time. He waits until we're weak or unhandy or tired after a victory after we just had the woohoo, just got a victory, expect the devil to come because your guard is down. It's like, ah, I can do anything. Well, watch this, the devil says, and he comes. Let us pierce through and go to the other side. I want to encourage you, family. I'm encouraging myself to be a finisher. Well, I need to know more about the Bible, and I need to be able to pray better, and I need to, you know, oh, yeah, that's all true. We all need to do better. We all need to better. But the main thing is, is don't leave your calling, your station, to go do something that, that God's not in. Finish. Find out what he started in you and say, that is what I'm going to finish. And you can't, you can't take on every load that you've ever been done. You're going to have to say, someday we'll get back to that, but right now I'm going to finish this. What has he told you to do? They that are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. So I know He's leading us. He's leading you. He's leading you. He's told you things to do. And you go, ah, oh, that's nothing. That's nothing. He told me to broadcast. I'll tell you all the story. Actually, the story is He's told me to broadcast. Uh, I don't know, at least three years ago. He told me to broadcast. And the word of the Lord was, Now. And I didn't have a camera, and I didn't have money, and I didn't have uh, 
I didn't have a whole bunch of stuff. The storm was in the middle of the lake, and I said, you know, this is just not a good time. I justified it. I can tell you I got good arguments. But I never started, and I'm way behind. But I've repented, and I am now a finisher. I'm a broadcast finisher. I don't like broadcast. I don't like to, you know, say things. I want to be able to say what I want to say. And in broadcast, you are talking to people everywhere. <laughs> and I'm going to do better. I, I should have done better. But I'm just telling you my own personal testimony of I'm on it. Thank goodness it's not too late for me. And it's not too late for you. So, Father in heaven, we thank you that you who have begun a good work in every person here, every person in broadcast, Lord, you are faithful to start good things. And, Lord, you said you'll finish it. So there's been a time lapse. There's been disobedience. There's been apathy, lethargy. There's been all sorts of reticence that we've just said, no, no, no. This is too hard. This is too late. I'm too little. I'm too weak. I, we won't. No, no, you no. Lord, we repent in the name of Jesus. And we say, you said, you who begun, you who began a good, good work in us will finish it. To your glory, Lord. The glory's in the finish. So, Lord, to your glory, we say, I will finish. All over this house, we say, I will finish. I will finish. I don't even want to tell anybody how little the thing is God asked me to start. I didn't finish it because it was too little. And like Naaman, we said, uh, if the servant said, if he'd ask you to do a great thing, would you have not finished it? Lord, we're going to finish the small, the insignificant, the little, because it gives us a victory that we can take on and be qualified for more. We give you praise that you just didn't give up on us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Um, I said, isn't Jesus wonderful? He is wonderful. Woo-hoo! We have a great life in 2019. A great life. I said we have a great life. Justin, you have a great life. It is a great life. I am so, I'm on the edge of my seat to see what's going to happen in Justin. He's like the series that never ends. Hallelujah, like, wow, stay tuned next week and see what happens. You know, it's like, oh, I can't wait to get back to this. <laughs> Joey and Pam, oh, absolutely. It's like, they've been just, like, uh, just, the, the Bible says the faithful man, a faithful man will abound with blessings. Have y'all been faithful? Oh, absolutely. If we've been nothing else and we've been so much more, we've been faithful. I bless you, I bless you, I bless you. In Jesus' name, be blessed. Amen. Amen. If you need prayer for anything, come up here and let us agree and get this thing turned around. We're going to uh, uh, ask me where the church is. I don't know where the church is. I just know it's in Chelsea. It's New Life. If y'all want to go over there this evening and see Brother Joe. Okay. Goodbye. <laughs>